This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey, this is Megan Rapino, and I'm Sue Bird. We've decided to turn our crazy IG live show into a podcast for your listening pleasure. Enjoy the show. A Touch More. New episodes of A Touch More drop Tuesday only on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Be sure to subscribe to the show on Spotify, Apple, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. Episode 79 of Press Pass. Kayla Anderson alongside my co-host Joshua Perry. Um, First of all, this is Memorial Day week when we are actually recording this. So happy Memorial Day to all of those out there who have served for our country. Thank you so very much. Um, It it can't go enough without saying you've done so much for our country. My my grandpa fought. um, He was a Marine and he's no longer with us. But, you know, Veterans Day and this day makes me um, just really want to thank everybody out there. So first and foremost, I wanted to say that. Second of all, Joshua, how was the weekend? I know that you were able to take a road trip. Sometimes it's just good to get outside of our house right now. Yeah, no, and um, I I just kind of want to echo that sentiment too. Um, You know, a lot of people have fought for this country. um, And, you know, obviously there are a lot of things that people have to say, but uh, regardless, you can say that this is the best place to live and the best place to be, and people sacrifice their lives for that. Um, and yep. I'm very appreciative, and I don't want to lose sight of that. Now, over the weekend, did get a little road trip in, just two hours up the road to Toledo. Um, went to my fiance's dad's house and uh, spent the weekend up there, cooked out a little bit, and it was nice, uh, fantastic, just to get a little bit of a change of scenery. And he, they they live so they're they're minimal. If, yeah, if yeah. you will. So they've got yep. a TV in the living room and that's really it. And they've got a, be- a big, beautiful front porch that we sit on. You know, we sit in the back. Um, they've got a nice yard. And so it's really just a way to disconnect, which is awesome yep. for us. So that was great. Now, I know this weekend was big for you. It's not like a typical <laughs> birthday. It's a Corona birthday, which I had uh, one of those. But but how was your birthday? Yeah, well, thanks for asking, Joshua. And it is. I, it's weird. And I will tell you this. Once you get into your 30s, and I'm not just saying this, you tend to li- like lose track of what 30 you are, right? Like, am I 32? Am I 34? Like, what am I? And so this, especially this birthday with it being 
the whole COVID-19 pandemic. And I think everybody's kind of in a different world right now. It just, it, it wasn't like a typical birthday, you know, and I got a lot of birthday shout outs, which I really thank everybody for, you know, doing that. It's nice when you're not around a lot of people right now. Uh, but it was for the most part, I made the best of it, Joshua. I took the day off on Sunday just so that I could kind of enjoy it. I watched the, the match part two, with uh, Tiger and Peyton and Brady and Phil. So that, um, I did a little bit of that. And then I, then I had a drink, you know what? I, I, I uh, gave myself a uh, reward there and had a couple martinis and called it a night. So are you a martini gal? Oh yeah. I am a big martini person. I'm not like a beer drinker. So I tend to go towards like the vodka or rum Sure, is usually what I do. Um, so I had like a, um, I had like a, like a pineapple infused one, which oh, is wow. just, my, yeah, it was amazing. And then I had kind of like a daiquiri, uh, straight up martini. So good not like you. the slushy. Yeah. So I was, I was, I was in good, in good spirits. <laughs> so, in good spirits. See, I see what you did there. I, um, you know? <laughs> I'm, I'm more of a liquor drinker myself. Um, yeah, I like I scotch. I like yep. whiskey, but yep. this fall I fell in love with a uh, dirty martini. Oh like yeah, my new cocktail. So, yeah, um, that's no, that's can, a good go-to. Yeah, I can appreciate that. Do you do like so when you when you do your martini? Do you do like the blue cheese olives with it? I you know what I like the blue cheese olives. I just prefer like the regular olives, but I like okay. it extra dirty. So I want I want yep. a little bit more of the brine in yep. there just to come through. But um, yeah. I think it's a fantastic cocktail. I can, I feel like I can drink it in a lot of different situations. You can class it up. I can drink it casually. Um, yeah. It works for me. No, I like, I like it. That's a, that's a go-to for me sometimes when I just want something pretty straightforward. Um, that is a definite go-to. I learned that from my mom. She's a big, uh, dirty martini drinker. Yeah. So. My dad's a martini guy. <laughs> See, we get it from our parents, Joshua. Exactly. <laughs> well, I know a lot of people, um, are, are kind of, still on the on the uh, edge of their seats just waiting for the official word on what will return um this week we got a lot of tidbits here and there for professional teams and we also got some positive news in terms of the college football world and the ncaa had come out and they pretty much said look we are okaying workouts of voluntary workouts for basketball men's and women's and football but then they decided we're going to open it up to all sports and the SEC decided to jump on board and does not surprise me with the SEC being, you know, what they do is try to get mm -hmm. ahead of everything. And they said, okay, we're going to move forward. Greg Zakey said, we're going to go ahead and move forward with these voluntary workouts. You've seen schools like Georgia, Tennessee, Alabama kind of jump on board and say, we're getting everything in place to do this. So that's set to be effective on June 8th, which is just like literally right around the corner. Uh, before I go over <clears throat> some of the things that they're putting in place, which isn't a lot, mm -hmm. I wanted to get your opinion on this. And is this the right time to start bringing now any kind of athlete back to facilities for workouts? See, this is, I don't want to make waves in saying this, but like the, the, the more we've gotten into, um, this COVID pandemic, the more I'm getting comfortable mm -hmm. with increased interactions with, sure. um, you know, opening things up with a plan, with yeah. protocols in place, right? Because I think we are starting to realize that 
you can interact and still be safe. And you can interact while assessing the risk of such interactions. So to me, I am comfortable moving forward. But the thing that still looms and the thing that still makes me a little bit uncomfortable is, is there enough testing going on? And can you feasibly keep the amount of touch, the amount of contact, physical contact down during this initial time, at least to gain enough information over the course of 14 to 21 days to assess how it's really going. I think that'll be the big key for me. But, you know, I'm I'm getting more and more comfortable as, as the days go on with the idea of integrating back into what we used to do with certain restrictions. Yeah. And I agree with you. And I think at some point, look, we have to move forward. I mean, we cannot just continue to sit stale. And I think, you know, you're seeing that you're seeing different parts of the country. There's certain things that people do that are completely stupid. And and we'll end on, on that with your thoughts here in just a bit. But, you know, for the most part, I feel like people can do things uh, in a safe way. And I I think especially college sports, they're not going to bring back things unless they're hundred percent ready. And I say that because this week I spoke to Vanderbilt head men's basketball coach, Jerry Stackhouse And I asked him specifically, are you bringing your guys back on this June 8th date or sometime here in June? You know, and he was the first to say, look, right now, and Vanderbilt is is probably the last school in the SEC to do a lot of stuff. And we know that, you know, they're just kind of on a different level with the academic side of things. They just go about things in a different way. And so he said, look, right now, you know, we don't have anything set in stone on, you know, if our players are going to return to facilities, but we have been doing things to get things in place. And if our athletic director um, and, you know, the state officials and city officials decide, you know, this is the right thing to do, then yeah, we'll, we'll move forward with it. But I do appreciate also all of these individual schools really having to like sit down and communicate and be like, okay, if we do this, we want all this stuff in place. And that seems to be what Vanderbilt is doing. When it comes to some of the stuff that they are putting in place, Josh, and I said it's just not a lot because there is no actual testing. And I thought perhaps if you're bringing these kids back, there would be testing, but there's only testing going to be done for symptomatic team members. So if somebody were to have some sort of symptom, then they're going to test them is a little bit weird to me. I would think, why not just test these kids? I mean, it looks like a lot of the testing is available in most places, but it does say that they're going to have enhanced education for a, a lot of these players. Um, so, you know, some of that uh, stuff, do not hit hands, do not, I just you know, don't know what that means. Like, I, I don't I, either. I don't know what that does. Like you can right. tell me all day long, not to high five and not to chest bump and this, that, and the third. But like, if my natural instinct is to high five and to chest bump when I'm in that team setting, it's just, it's going to happen. Right. Like, I, I feel like, and and I agree with you too on the testing thing. Like, maybe not you test these cats every day, but like at least no, when no. they get back to campus, like everybody that's should get I'm a saying. test. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Yep. And that's, that's like, that's, that's the thing that makes me a little bit nervous in bringing folks back is like, are we doing it in the, in the best, most intelligent, safest way possible. And we're learning new things about this virus every day. So our best and safest and most intelligent is is a day-to-day thing with this. Like I'm, I'm willing to acknowledge that, but yeah, I agree with you. Like, I, I think that um, there are certain things in place I'm cool with, but like, you know, hey, make sure you wash your hands and don't high five. It's like, dude, I, I <laughs> okay. Like, all right, right? cool. 
Well, yeah, like when you're in the moment too, and God, these kids haven't like been around each other for months. And it's like, they're, you know, when they're in there and they're, there's certain moments or something, it's like, it, that's only natural. I mean, I see myself forgetting sometimes. All the know. time. It's just, it's part of, part of human life. We're, we're used to interaction. That's what we do. Um, when it comes to the testing though, you, you had brought up a good point. You said at least get them tested the initial first time when they arrive at the facility, when they get, because here's the other thing, they're all coming from different parts of the country. Right. And so I think it would just be nice to have every, everybody tested it now that they've arrived back in whatever city their, you know, facility is in to, you know, have everyone tested. And then, you know, it's up to them when they, when they go back to their, you know, places of sure. wherever they're staying to, to be smart about it. It would, I'll jump in on that too. It would almost be a public service to test these guys as well, because let's say one or two or three of these guys test positive for COVID. It might not be a big deal for them. You know, big, strong athletes, you know, they're, they're probably going to be able to fight it, but now you can do some contact tracing for folks that they might've been around at home who yeah. maybe could use treatment or there could be susceptible and probably should go get a test or probably should isolate from other people who may in turn be susceptible. Like, I think you can knock out a couple of things here is make sure these athletes are safe, but like the same time, they've probably been around people when they were at home. So it would be good. Like, you know, if they were staying at their grandmother's house and they test positive, like, Hey, make sure that grandma knows that. And grandma's not going out to hang out with her friends, you know, possibly spread it to them. Like this is something that helps everybody. No, I agree. And I really don't think it, it would take that much. Now, I do feel like because all of these different um, programs are doing things differently, you know, maybe some of them do say, hey, we're getting with our, you know, local government officials and we're going to require tests. If they want to come back, if they want to have these kids back, we're going to require testing because it's kind of up to the individual universities to to be doing whatever they're doing to allow kids back. Sure. And I haven't heard specifics on that. And maybe we'll get more this next week on, you know, those, those universities that are bringing guys back, you know, what's their exact protocol. Um, because for all that we've seen, the NCAA and now the SEC, they're kind of leaving it up to those individual universities. So I'm sure we'll have more developing things to come in the next week. Well, there is no shortage of action anymore going on uh, with our exclusive partner, Bet Online NASCAR. It's back, and Bet Online has hundreds of games, events, and sports to get in on. You can uh, bet on simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC events 24 7, or you can participate in a 10,000 Madden Bracket Challenge, a March Madness style NFL simulation tournament that you can enter for free. And live right now on Bet Online's YouTube channel, you can actually find an exclusive interview with ex Chicago Bulls Ron Harper, Horace Grant, Bill Cartwright, and Craig Hodges to discuss the Michael Jordan documentary that was very good on what they are calling the final dance. Visit betonline.ag, use that promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your new welcome bonus and check out all the action. Bet online, your online waging solution. So while we aren't having any live action right now, while the football season has not started, there is recruiting going on, Joshua, and there's some big program pickups this past week. And I will start with a guy we know, Cam Newton, who uh, was a transfer from Florida to Auburn that led them to a national championship back in the day. And his brother, he has a brother. Yes, I did not know this. I will be the first to admit. Kalen Newton, 
he is transferring from Howard to Auburn. So, so what do you think about them apples? I actually watched Kalen Newton play in a game. Did you really? Yep, this past year. Um, okay. Good athlete. You know, obviously he's not nearly the caliber of his brother, but, um, you know, he's a good athlete, moves around really well, can throw the ball around the yard a little bit. So I'd be curious to see how he fits in at Auburn. Um, you know, obviously with Bo Nix there and everybody was pretty high on yeah. him. I wasn't as high on him as a lot of I know you were. Um, yeah. folks were. Yeah. But, you know, I, I think he, he will definitely be a good college quarterback. Like he was a really young player. I think the hype train was moving a little too fast on him. Um, but I'm, I'm curious to see how he fits in there. Is it more of a, um, you know, a, a legacy type of depth yeah. move? Or is it going to be a, a scenario where maybe they try to work him into the game plan, knowing that he has some unique skills and abilities? Yeah. But anytime you can get a solid player, and especially at the quarterback position, that definitely helps boost up your roster. Yeah, and here's the thing. We talked about Tulia and obviously trying to live up to his brother Tua last week. And it, it just seems, you know, we get these these pairs sometimes. And it is it is hard, I think, sometimes when you're the older brother does so much and, and has such a big name and mm-hmm. success sometimes at the next level. And then you've got the little brother who is kind of sometimes just expected to follow in those footsteps and not – it doesn't happen all the time. You know, more so than – I guess more likely than not, it, it doesn't really happen. It They don't always live up to, you know, what people think they're going to. Um, so for this situation, I do think it's always good to bolster up your quarterback room and have that competition. And maybe this is a move where, you know, coach thinks, okay, this could be a real quarterback competition. Or maybe he thinks Bo just really needs to push this next year. Sure. And we need a guy to come in there and it, it's nice to have a guy that has a name <laughs> that yeah. has a brother that played there who had a lot of success and to kind of make it a bigger, bigger um, competition. And Bo wasn't horrible. And I, I mean, he's a freshman playing at Auburn in the SEC. Like, dang, that's a yeah. lot of pressure on you. But at the same time, they brought him in there for a reason. He's expected to to perform. I mean, that's why he's here. He knows what's on his shoulder. Um, so this should be an interesting move. I mean, it'll, it'll, I'm sure it'll get a lot of headlines um, yeah. as the college football season unwinds, but um, I'm just always for quarterback competition, Joshua. That's like my biggest thing. I'm, I'm all for those guys pushing each other. I mean, I saw it happen right in front of my eyes this year uh, with Marcus Mariota and Ryan Tannehill. Right. No, I, I think it's good for the QB room. And I, like, I want to clarify, I don't think either me uh, nor you are trying to say that we don't think Bo Nix is very good or like his, no. his job is in jeopardy or anything, but like that competition definitely makes everybody better. And especially yeah. for a younger player who, you know, went through his first year, did a, a good job, um, but maybe he's hearing his name called a little bit too much, whatever the yeah. case might be like, this is going to be a situation that really helps him focus in and it'll bring the best out of both of these guys. Yep. And Bo Nix is probably going to be the starter. I don't necessarily see a situation yep. where Kalen Newton comes in and takes his job. But anytime you have somebody who can just make you that much better just by going out to practice every day, that makes the team better. Yep. And here's the other thing. You know what? Stuff happens. Mm-hmm. There's injuries. And if you can bring in somebody and feel like you can get them in your system and, and they start to fit, and if something does happen – then you have a backup where you feel comfortable. Like, okay, this guy is ready to come in, you know, and, and can step up to the plate. And I wish none of that on anybody, but I'm just saying, if that happens, it's always good to have also a solid backup where you feel comfortable that they could do the job. So 
Ohio State, Joshua, your alma mater, they're getting a big-time cornerback by no surprise. When I say a cornerback in Ohio State these days, it's just, like, not even a surprise because they just, like, churn out cornerbacks. And now Mr. Kerry Combs is back, so this is going to be fabulous. Uh, Denzel Burke beefing up that number one class already in the country. Uh, he is out of Saguaro High School in Scottsdale, Arizona. He had – I guess he was looking at Colorado – Oregon, USC, and Washington. So there are all these Pac-12 schools, and then boom, here's Ohio State, and he chooses Ohio State. But I'm not surprised, Joshua. First of all, the Pac-12 is down. Second of all, Ohio State, you got Kerry Combs back. Uh, They've been churning out cornerbacks, like I said. This is a great get. Yeah, now let me say this about the the Pac-12, too. Um, With California and the way that they're handling COVID and, and Oregon kind of uh, being yeah. another one of those places. I know Washington was hit really hard, as you well yep. know. I, I feel like it's going to be really hard for them to snag some of these recruits yeah. right now just because there's so many questions about, yeah. um, you know, what are their, wh- what's their fall going to look like and, and what is getting back to normal going to be like out West. Now, in saying that, I also think Ohio State has done as good a job as anyone in the country of finding guys maybe on the West Coast who, who yep. really only have a, a West Coast footprint and going into their schools and getting to know these guys and recruiting them and bringing them over to the Midwest. Um, and when you hear about a guy who's, you know, 262 ranked, he's not necessarily, you know, like top 100 guy right. in, uh, you know, the number one class at Ohio State. Like, this is a guy to me that I'm very curious to see because you know they did their research and you know there's something about him that stands out where yep. it's a West Coast cat. He's gotten attention from mostly West Coast schools. He's not a top 100 recruit. But for some reason, Ohio State wanted him enough yep. that they were going to go out there and beat all those West Coast teams. And Kerry Combs has been that guy where he's been <laughs> able to find, you know, and yes. develop the Tyvis Powells of the world and, and all these guys that maybe flew a little bit under the radar and, and weren't, you know, necessarily your your top 100 guys in the country. Um, and he's been able to turn these guys into really, really good players, all Americans, first round picks, whatever the yep. hell. So. Um, yep. I'll be very curious to see how this turns out. Well, and that's the point. I mean, you make a great point. As I find a scratch on my laptop, oh my God, Joshua, I'm Sheesh. freaking out. Yeah. Oh, I'm too. sorry. I just, the light's like shining in right now. And there's a, I'm just, I'm, I'm not happy. I can't look at this right now. Uh, okay. So the point you were making about Kerry Combs too, he develops players. Look, when you were a college recruit, we're not all blessed to be some five-star, even four-star recruit. But mm-hmm. sometimes you find those guys that you can turn in to an NFL prospect. <clears throat> you can really make shine at the next level. And it, it looks like Kerry has that magic touch. And like you said, if they are going all the way over there to get a guy who maybe isn't a top 100 guy, they see something in him. They see potential. And I think potential sometimes goes a long ways, especially for coaches who can turn that potential into something real. So... It's it's amazing, and um, I'll say like the other guy who was great at that um, was Luke Fickle, who's the head coach yes. of UC now Cincinnati. Um, yep. he, and that's why I think they've had so much success is because he's been able to find um, some of the under the radar guys that maybe had some looks from bigger schools, and he you know build a genuine relationship. But like he always had the eye for finding somebody who was undervalued, under the radar, and was able to fire him up and really get him on campus and recruit him and. Again, at Ohio State, you you have an easy job, right? You can go and you can recruit all of the top 100 prospects you want because you win right. games and you develop guys. But the ability to go out and bolster your class with guys who aren't 
those players. You know, they're a low four star, they're a three star guy, and still hit on those. That's the difference. Yep. No, I agree. Um, I I just this this Ohio State class. I don't see them dipping below the number one overall class when it's all said and done. Uh, I mean, they're just rolling right along. Well, Michigan, a team uh, that you know very well, they get a guy at your position, Joshua, and. Uh, the name is, I had to like look at his name a couple times, make sure I had this right. It is Junior Colson. And then I stopped and I thought, Junior Colson, my goodness, he's from right down here in Brentwood, Tennessee. Brentwood. Went to Ravenwood High School, Brentwood. And you know Brentwood very well. I do. You were born down here. Again, reminding the listeners, uh, Joshua is actually born here in the Nashville area. Uh, he was the number fourth ranked prospect in the state of Tennessee. He has committed to Michigan. That's, I feel um, like there's a lot of similarities in this whole thing. Like, so <laughs> this is crazy. Michigan, now <laughs> I'll, I'll jump in on their class. It started off really bad for them. Yeah. They, no. they recruited this kid and I'm, and I'm not here to disparage any kids, but he had offers from like service academies in Michigan. He was the 1200th best player in the country. Yeah. But as of late, Michigan has definitely been nabbing some guys. They're they're closing yep. the gap. But in the Big Ten, Ohio State has like literally all the best recruits. Then it's Wisconsin and Michigan. Um, and then actually it's Penn State and Maryland that are jockeying really? for yeah. Maryland has done a hell of a job. Wow. Outside of Ohio State and Michigan, Maryland wow. has the most um, highly ranked recruits in the Big Ten East. Okay, that's impressive. Yeah, so just wanted to throw that out there, but go on ahead. Um, so I, I'm interested. You know, remember I think it was last year Maryland got off to that really good start. Was that last year? Sorry, yeah. all the seasons yeah. like running. They were ranked play. in the top 25. <laughs> that's well, maybe they can actually stay there somewhere in the top 25 this year. No, but I mean Joshua, and you mentioned Michigan. They're kind of gradually, you know, getting some guys here. This is a guy who's, I think he's ranked 184th, yeah, overall. So this is the third highest ranked commit in Michigan's class, and I don't know how many they have at this point. As a linebacker, as that that was obviously your position, this guy could have went to Tennessee. Shoot, his stuff is all over the board. Tennessee, Oregon, Ole Miss, LSU, but he chose Michigan. Sure. What what makes you think like a guy like this chooses Michigan out of those schools? Um, I probably so, would have picked somewhere else. Yeah, I, I, to be completely honest, um, I would have <laughs> picked out of that group right there. Um, I would have stayed home in Tennessee or I would have gone to LSU Yeah, um, if I'm a linebacker. Yep. Um, out of those. And, but here's the reality of the situation, though, is um, Michigan is a blue blood. You're going to be – primetime games you're going to get talked about you're going to go up every year against one of the best offenses in america in ohio state's offense sure. um you're going to be able to show off your talents as a linebacker because you're going to see some teams that are still running power eye you know you'll play the iowas you'll play the wisconsin's that are doing that to you but you'll also play the teams that can spread you out so you'll show your versatility which is um unique enough but the main reason I would not go to Michigan is Wisconsin puts up 35 on them. Ohio State puts yeah. up, you know, 50 and 60 points on them year in and year out, it seems like at this point. I couldn't play for a coordinator who's going yeah. to allow teams to run it up like that 
And it's not to say that any of these teams can't get the score run up on them. I'm just not confident enough in their defensive staff, Don Brown, you know, a, a great coach with a great history in the game. Just like, I feel like his stuff is a little old school. Sure. And then, and then out of all of the programs I named, which one do you think is going to be looking for a coach the soonest out of Ole Miss, LSU, yep. Oregon, Tennessee, yep. and Michigan? I yep. would say Jim Harbaugh's job I was just out of say. that group is probably the most questionable. Yep. That you're right. I, that was literally my next point. I was like, okay, when it comes down to it as, as a guy going somewhere and you want to, you're going to obviously play for that coach. If I were somebody like a prospect at this point, I would at least be trying to get advice from people. I mean, maybe I couldn't make this decision on my own, but I would at least be listening to people around me saying, okay, you got to look at everything when it comes to this decision. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, and that's a big part of it because once a coach leaves and you were that coach's guy, it's like when I get hired by somebody and then they leave, mm -hmm. I feel like I'm not a part of that. True. You got to start anymore. over again. You do. Yeah. You're not a part of that original group. And so I think that's a good point. And out of all of these, I'm looking at these schools. It, it, it really is Michigan that would probably be the most likely that Harbaugh would, you know, leave. Yeah. So. And, and I'll, I'll piggyback off of what you said. When I was in the league, my rookie year, obviously, I got drafted by the Chargers. Whole staff got fired. New yep. staff came in. I got cut. Then yep. I was with the Colts. It was great there. They had a plan for me moving into the future. Staff got fired, so there was no future yep. there. New staff comes in. I get cut. Like, there are – you like, these coaching staffs, they have their guys, and when they recruit, they're recruiting their guys. So if you're not one yep. of their guys, it's a little bit harder. Now, I'll, I'll bring up this one because this kind of – goes back to the the first segment we had. Michigan is talking about potentially not playing football if they don't host classes on campus. Yeah, I know. I saw that. I would be very curious to see what happens to recruiting if that's the case. Absolutely. I mean, he pretty, the president pretty much came out and I mean, it's all over the headlines right now that he's saying, you know, unless guys are back on, unless students are back on campus, we're not doing anything. You're, that's a great point. Yeah, I just, I, mean, I feel like it'd be tough to to want to, you know, commit your future to a place that is showing where other schools, sure, public safety, and I understand all that, but other schools are showing their commitment to football. And that's why you're picking the school. You're not picking the school for other reasons other than football. Yeah. And they can't show that commitment. Like, I feel like as a recruit, it'd be really hard to say, all right, this is where I want to spend the next three, four, five years of my life. Um, and it, it's a tough situation, obviously, with COVID. And I've said that numerous times. I definitely will acknowledge that. But these guys have to make a decision, though, based off of what's best for their future and their athletic career, as well as their academic career. So, Yeah, I'll be interested to see if, if Harbaugh is uh, trying to change that decision any way possible, at least trying to get some guys back in for the training facility. So we'll see how that develops. But right now, yeah, it doesn't look like anything's moving forward there. Uh, so for our final segment, and I usually wouldn't bring something up like this, but we had just talked about Maurice Claret a couple podcasts ago and kind of him on the the right side of things. He's turned around a lot of uh, his life. I mean, he's gone through a lot of ups and downs. And there's another real uh, famous guy who was real big in college, went to my alma mater, Washington State, I actually know him pretty well. He was the number two overall pick. Um, we all know his NFL career did not pan out. It was a disaster. Uh, a lot of years following that was a disaster. Um, Ryan Leaf, he, you know, we, we know his story well. It's very, it's documented well, I should say. 
he had tro- problems with, you know, pills and just a lot of stuff kind of in his head that couldn't clear out. And it took him a little bit, but it had looked like he was completely on the right side of things. I mean, he had gone to rehab. He had been speaking to th- speaking to people. He got hired at ESPN to do college football. I mean, I watched some of those games last year. He's been on a lot of ESPN um, shows in the past few months even. And then I wake up the other morning and I see that he's been arrested on a domestic abuse charge in Palm Springs. That's actually where my dad lives. Um, and I was like, what in the world? Like this was out of nowhere because first of all, if you follow Ryan Leaf, he is all about his family. Like, yeah. and, and every week he's almost like, I'm blessed to have a beautiful wife and a beautiful, you know, kid. And he's always giving thanks about his family. And I was really confused when I saw this, Joshua. I was like, wait, is this like real? It kind of seemed to come out of nowhere. Yeah. And it's, um, it's a, a, a terrible situation. Like I, I'm one of those people, I just, my tolerance level for domestic abuse situations is as low as my tolerance level for about anything. Yeah. Um, and so I'm, I'm, I'm disappointed to see a guy who had, who had taken such strides and really um, reimagined himself uh, fall back into some of the, maybe the pitfalls that he had. Um, and I, it's always tough to talk about these because I, I don't want to necessarily make this just about him because, yeah. you know, if, if everything is true, he's not a victim. You know, he's yeah. a, he's a perpetrator and, and it, that's, that's rough, but I will say, um, and, and not to be this guy, um, he was extremely critical of, uh, my coach, Urban Meyer, um, yeah, when I know. all of the, um, yep. Zach Smith, domestic abuse, yep. you know, potential cover up, whatever people want to say came out. And I think this goes to show, uh, for a lot of folks like, you know, don't throw stones when you live in a glass house, essentially. And I know, um, again, there, there are families lives in the balance here. So I don't want to necessarily take it there, but, um, it's just, it's unique to see kind of that, um, you know, you could come down so hard on, on one end, but then you could get wrapped up in a situation and maybe, you know, he's going to have strike the same tone as Zach Smith. And I'm not trying to say whether he's innocent or guilty, but you know, Zach claims complete innocence and says that it's a situation where, you know, a lot of misunderstandings and a lot of bad blood yeah. between him and his ex-wife could be similar for Ryan Leaf. But I think this is why in a lot of these situations, we should be critical in how we talk about them and how we contextualize them. But um, we should also not necessarily point fingers and act like um, we're we're impervious to situations mm-hmm. of our own. Yeah. And that's a good point, because here's the thing, you know, with, with Ryan, and we don't know details about any of this. And I know that that'll probably come out in, in, in the weeks to come. So who knows what his side of the story will be? Cause he had never in my, you know, history of knowing him and like hearing the stories that have come out of, I had never heard anything about domestic abuse. I mean, that was right. never anything that he was involved in, but you know, if anything else came into play that could cause that kind of stuff. Right. Um, but you're right. I think that it's, it's one of those things that we all don't get to predict our lives. And sometimes things happen that you, you are really ashamed of, or you wouldn't expect to happen. And then, you know, people like a lot of these people in the public, you know, their, their stories get out there and then it's like, Oh shoot, now I'm in this situation, but I went there and slammed so-and-so and, you know, gave my one-sided opinion. And now look, I'm the person that, 
is being charged with this or I'm out in the media now. So I think some of these people, they got to be a little bit careful too, when it comes to these sensitive subjects, because a lot of these former athletes are, you know, people that are on television because it's like, you just never know, you know? So it, it and then it makes you look kind of foolish. Yeah. Like you said, cause you're out there ripping someone and now look at, you're the one in the headlines. So. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of the deal. It's like, you know, and I guess my biggest issue is like, you know, if, if, for example, Zach Smith was an abuser, like how much responsibility does somebody else have for his actions? Right. But assuming everything is what it seems like Ryan Leaf had full responsibility for at least part of what went down that led to him being charged. So I think that's kind of the thing for us is like, we, we should definitely, again, like, I think it's fine to be critical, but we should also hold ourselves true to the same criticism that we're right. able to give out. Yeah. No, good point. Definitely. Um, well, before we wrap up this episode of Press Pass, we first of all, do we have any questions for you? Because I, I know there was a there was a specific subject, I should say, that you did have some Twitter banter going. Yes. Yesterday. I had, and I can't, I should have screenshotted it. I had somebody actually reach out with <laughs> something football related. I guess I'll have to follow up on Twitter with that one. <laughs> so my apologies, um, football people. But yeah, I had a, uh, I had a little situation on <laughs> He was back Twitter. on it. Yes, he did. Um, so obviously this weekend, Memorial Day, pools tend to open. Um, yeah. It's very social. People want to cook out the whole deal. Um, down in the Ozarks, there was a an establishment um, that was completely crowded. Tons of people, folks with their shirts off, looked really sweaty, looked hot, tepid water, um, looked like plenty of booze to go around, right? And so I I basically said, COVID or not, it's disgusting. I'm not here for it. I don't like it. Y'all people are nasty. And, you know, a lot of the response, which is, again, I don't think people read very well, so it's not, you know, whatever, but is, well, it's up to them and you can't dictate how people should live and Um, you know, it doesn't matter and you're not there in this and the third. I'm, you're right. I'm not there. Um, I do think it's selfish, but I'm I'm definitely not there. I'm not going to get sick from these people. Um, I'm not trying to dictate how they live their lives. I never told those people that they should go home, that they shouldn't do it. I just said it's nasty. And so here's my deal is, um, any situation that involves, um, a pool full of people, tepid water, sweaty, nasty, whatever in booze is not for me. I don't care if the coronavirus exists. I don't care if it was normal circumstances. That is completely disgusting. I'll put it like this. If we were in a grocery store and there was somebody who was drunk with their shirt off that bumped into you, you would want to fight them. You would want to press charges. Like that is disgusting. So why is that okay at a pool? It makes no sense to me. Like regardless, like take the setting completely out of it. Like that, it's never okay to be that close to me while you're drunk and sweaty, period. So that was my deal. People go to the pools if you want to. I ain't going to stop you. But I think you're nasty if you're at a crowded pool um, and people probably urinating in the water and it's just disgusting. So there's my take. Well, and here's the thing. So the mayor came out and was like, we have no way of controlling things like this. First of all, okay, it's a pool party at, I I believe it wasn't a private pool party. So it wasn't like it was some private home i don't think i mean i could be wrong it it wasn't it there was a sign up there that said like keep your distance six feet apart i I believe it was something that was open to the public yeah so here's my thing from what all i can understand 
everything here in Tennessee is opening up, right? But everything's at 50% capacity. This week it's opening up a little more. But you, if you do, I have like, obviously, I actually went out to eat one night and I sat on the patio and there is like nobody, like they're not allowing more than a certain amount of people in and they have to follow really strict guidelines. And so I don't understand why some people, it's hard for them to follow. Okay, well, if that's the, the deal, and I'm sure you can't be having a full capacity anywhere, and maybe I'm wrong again, this this was clearly over capacity. Like, it doesn't make any sense. So they couldn't turn away people. Um, I find that highly doubtful. Sure. Um, but again, I don't know, maybe it's the Ozarks, the rules yeah. are different. But I just I think it's no so idea. bizarre that these people, first of all, you're so right about the gross crowded pools. Like, that's disgusting. I don't care like what age you are. That is absolutely disgusting. But even more so, it's more disgusting when you know that this virus is yes. running rampant in our country still. And I don't give a crap how young you are. You're idiots. Yeah. Like, and sorry, younger generation, because that's what most of you are. And I'm going to be really rude right now, but you're idiots. Yeah. Like, and like sorry. <laughs> no, and, and I, I, I tend to agree with that. And like, I'm, you know, again, I'm not trying to tell anybody necessarily how to live your life, no, but I, I am telling you that under any circumstance, it's totally disgusting. Under these circumstances, I, I just, I, I don't get it. I, I truly don't. Like, is it that serious? I guess is the question. Like, under these circumstances, it just doesn't make sense to me. No, and I just think it puts out a bad, I mean, it just makes, again, I'm speaking, and I'm sorry that I'm ratting on the younger generation right now, but I'm just seeing most of the stuff that I see that's these big gatherings, it's like these really young kids. And um, I get it, you want to go out and have fun, and these are the, you know, days of your lives where you feel like you're invincible and all that stuff. I've been there, I get it. But at the same time, have a little bit of common sense. Like sure. it, it, it's not going to kill you to have a little common sense. And maybe instead of having going out to this big, nasty pool party, like go to the part of the lake where you can just hang out and have a group of a smaller group of friends. Right. I mean, yeah. And I, okay. do, your, do your drinking thing, whatever you want to do, but don't, don't contribute to the idiots that are in this mass pool. That's like a cesspool. Yeah. So we're going on and on right now, but like, I, I, I guess know. that's the other, the other thing for me is like, why do you need to be in a public space so badly with a yeah. bunch of people you've never met before? Like, don't know. Is, is it that serious that you need to go, like you can't just have a drink at home in your yard or at your friend's house or whatever. Like you have to go somewhere that's public and, you know, like literally it's disgusting. Like I said, it doesn't matter whether it's COVID or not. Like I just wouldn't go there under normal circumstances. But like, especially now, like that's that's kind of what bothers me about like everybody's like, oh, you know, these bars need to open up and I want to do this, that, and the third. And it's like, okay, like have a drink at home, order some food in. Like it's, it, I'm telling you, it's really not that bad. It, it's like, if this is the worst oppression that you're going to face in your life is the fact that you can't go to the bar and get a cold one, then you are living a very charmed life. I will say that right now. Like, yeah, it is what it yeah. is. Again, I'm not going to tell you what to do, but I just, I, I, it's hard for me to understand. I'll say that. Yeah, it's it's it was a bizarre situation, and I think I mean I saw it all over the national news this morning. I think that I think that the mayor maybe even said I don't know if it was the mayor or who it was, but they were like, yeah, I recommend everybody that was at that pool party go and get one of the uh, 
states free tests like this week. They and need get some other tested. type of free tests too. Uh, they don't right? need the, the corona <laughs> tests. They need all kind of different tests. Good lord. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, sorry, you guys, that we went off on it. But sometimes it just dumb people need to be called out. And I'm not yeah. saying you know we all can be dumb at times in our lives. Yes. Believe me, I've been dumb at many times in my lives. But sometimes it takes somebody to call them out to make them like you know think okay that was probably kind of stupid. So yeah. uh, with that though, we're gonna wrap up another episode of Press Pass. We're gonna we're we got our 80th episode next week. We got to do something special for 80. That's what, what I'm saying. Do? I don't know. We got to think of something good though. Martinis um, in the morning. Martinis in the morning. <laughs> yeah. We could probably do a breakfast martini of some we, sort. Well, you know what? That, you know? Let me let me let me effort that. Actually, let me do a little <laughs> research on that one. Yes, we get, see. You can join us for a breakfast martini um, on our 80th episode, and then when we get to 100, who knows what's going to happen? I mean, you just don't know when we hit 100 the the party that we might have if there's no social distancing. In yeah, we need though. to do a remote show. That would be awesome. That would be sweet. Uh, I might have to come up there to Columbus. I've been trying to make a trip, Joshua, and you want to know why? You're going to laugh so hard at this. Okay, let me get this. <laughs> I, I've been trying to make a trip to Columbus, A, because I freaking love Columbus and I love all the people there, but B, because I need to get new retainers. <laughs> Seriously. Uh, you know, your teeth are very important when you they get older. When you wore braces for almost five years, you never you want them to go braces back. braces for five, for five years. years? Oh, God. So can you hear, can you see where I'm coming from now? I wear my retainers every night. I have the built-in ones for my top two teeth. And then I have a built-in one for my bottom front five. Yeah. Um, but then on top of it, I wear my clear retainers every night. Yeah, top no, and you, bottom. Need to, you need to get back to Columbus. Take care yeah. of back on teeth. So I, uh, my, my retainers are kind of cracking. So I thought I got to get up there. So maybe I'll plan it around that hundredth episode and then we can do a remote, uh, we can do remote podcast to press pass. So let's do it. Hope you guys enjoyed that retainer story. I know you all probably just really thought that that was the best story ever. Okay. Well, that wraps. <laughs> that, that does it for this episode of press pass. Joshua, where can the peeps go to find you on Twitter? Um, maybe we can get some questions in this week. If you guys have any questions. Yep. Twitter, Instagram, um, at RIP underscore JEP. And I'll do a better job of pushing it out because now that we're, we're getting kind of, in a space where we know that yeah. uh, workouts are returning, I'm sure people will have questions that they might want our opinion on. So um, send those over at RIP underscore JEP. And I would just love to interact with you in general. Absolutely. You can go follow me on um, Twitter and Instagram at Kayla Anderson TV. And then we also have a Press Pass podcast Instagram at Press Pass Pod. We let you know when all of our episodes come out. So you guys have a great week. Um, stay safe out there and we'll be back here at it again next week. Take care. <laughs>